mixed motives. Are they any good? When we start to learn the Kabbalah Vabe Ashlag, and we learn that most of our desires are driven by our will to receive ourselves alone, desires that separate us from the Creator, it comes as a shock. The rules that we were encouraged to live by from our infancy onwards, together with our own inward drives for success, our drive for competitiveness, our reality of having to earn our own living, and the material temptations that surround us on every side all conspire to make the growth of the will to receive inevitable. Only when we learn that this drive, which seems so natural to us, cuts us off from the Creator, do we begin to examine our ways. Many of us start to turn again to our commitment into our mitzvot, wanting to come to the way of giving, as this is the way forward. But to our dismay, we find that even our good deeds seem tainted with mixed motives. This realisation sometimes fills us with a feeling of being stuck, even of being paralysed. If I act overtly, selfishly, I can understand that my actions will cut me off from the Creator because he's all-giving. But what do I do if even my good deeds seem tainted with the will to receive myself alone? This is a dilemma which haunts many people who've started on the path as taught by Rabbi Ashlag. To understand how to progress at this point, we need to examine very carefully what is meant by the term Torah Shelo Lishma, literally Torah that is carried out, but not for its own sake. First of all, we need to learn the definition of the term Torah not for its own sake, or Torah Shelo Lishma as it is used in the Kabbalah. The language of the Kabbalah is a short language, such that we often find one single term has more than one meaning, and this, in fact, is the case here. There are two quite different meanings to this term, Torah Shelolishma, Torah which is not for its own sake, which I will discuss in turn. The first one is the negative one. Let's get that out of the way first. And then we'll go on to the positive. Torah which is not for its own sake may mean a person who is practicing Torah for the sake of self-aggrandizement in one way or another. He may be wanting to study the Torah of the Kabbalah for his intellectual satisfaction this gives him. Or he may be wanting to study the Kabbalah because through this he gains contact with mysticism or because he wants to be connected with the higher spiritual worlds. Maybe he has a strong belief in the world to come and he wants to ensure that he has a reward in the world to come. Any of these reasons, or more than one, clearly denote the study of Kabbalah which is not for its own sake. It's a practice of the Torah which only enhances one's own selfishness and increases our separation from God. This type of study is condemned by the sages who spoke harshly of such a misuse of Torah. They went so far as to call it the drug of death. Here are the words of the Bala Sulam in his introduction to the Talmud Esar Sfirot. A person who is involved in Torah and Mitzvot without focusing their heart or intention for the sake of God brings upon himself or upon herself exactly the opposite of life and of length of days, God forbid. This is a relationship to Torah 
which is in exact opposition to the meaning of its name, the name of the Torah being the Torah of life. Understand this well. These matters are explained in the Talmud, where it is written, For the person who practices Torah, not for its own sake, the Torah becomes a drug of death, whereas for the person who practices Torah for its own sake, the Torah becomes the elixir of life. We can look in the Talmud and look at what it says there. In Masechet Ta'anit, page 7, Rabbi Bana'a says, Whoever occupies himself in Torah for its own sake, the Torah becomes the drug of life. As it is said, it is a tree of life for those who cling to her. From the book of Proverbs. Let healing be to your navel. And it says, whoever found me, found life. But all who practice the Torah not for its own sake, it becomes for him the drug of death. As it says, my doctrine will come down hard like the hail. And there is no coming down hard, except when it is an expression of killing, as the scripture says, and they broke the neck of the heifer in the book. They called it the drug of death, because even though they are studying the Torah, they are actually enlarging their will to receive for themselves alone, and thus becoming more and more separated from the Holy One, blessed be He. They can never come to the true essence of Torah, whose essence is the Torah of life. It is called Torah Chaim. But as we said earlier, this very negative connotation is not the only meaning to the phrase Torah Shelo Lishma, Torah not for its own sake. Its other meaning is actually very positive indeed. Indeed, the sages have said in the Talmud, Masachet Pesachim, a person should always practice Torah and mitzvot, even when it is not for its own sake. For through being engaged in Torah and mitzvot, even when it is not for its own sake, the person will come to practice Torah and mitzvot for its own sake. This actually refers to the situation that we began to speak of earlier. When a person has begun to be aware of his will to receive for himself alone and how it permeates all his motives, he feels ashamed even of his good acts. He is not afraid of looking clearly at himself and seeing the negative within him, but now even his good deeds seem to him like a pile of dirty dish rags because he becomes very aware of how mixed his motives really are. It is for this the sages answered him, saying, A person should always practice to our mitzvot, even if it's not for its own sake, even if you're not yet able to do it for its own sake. For through being engaged in our mitzvot, even when it's not for its own sake, the person will come to practice to our mitzvot for its own sake. In other words, even though you can see the negative in your good deeds, don't give up. On the contrary, as the scripture tells us, whatever you find within your power to do, do it. And the reason is, is because the light in the Torah will actually bring you back. The Torah itself has a power to bring us back to the good path. The Chofetz Chaim commented on this. Even if you feel it is not within your power to fulfill a mitzvah completely, that is to say in a perfect way, 
Nevertheless, do whatever is in your power to do. Similarly, the sage of the Mishnah, Rabbi Tafun, taught in the Ethics of the Fathers, It is not laid upon you to complete the work, but neither are you free to abstain from it. These teachings seem contrary to what we were often taught as children. I wonder if you heard the saying, as I certainly did, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Although this saying was meant to encourage us, for me it was a most destructive teaching, because I, like many other children, took it to mean that if I couldn't do something perfectly, it wasn't worth my doing it at all. And thus I gave up on many things because I couldn't do them properly. And even if I did them, I felt inadequate and inferior. As conscious of my own shortcomings, I felt ashamed of my own imperfection. I didn't understand that there is a process to everything and that we cannot reach completion or perfection except through the process. Doing Torah and mitzvot, not for its own sake, is a part of a process. Rabbi Ashlag, in the article on the inner work in the Sefer Mamarim, writes as follows. First of all, a person needs to reach the stage that he practices Torah and mitzvot, not for its own sake. Only after that can the person correct his practice such that it should be for its own sake. One cannot give an intention if there is no action. Only once there is an action is it possible to try to have the intention that the action should go on the right path. This is designated as doing the action for the sake of heaven. The study of the Torah at this stage is vital, because even though we are not there yet, it is the light in the Torah which shines light on our acts and helps each one of us see within the context of our own individual lives where we need to correct ourselves. As the sages have said, There is a light in the Torah that leads a person back to the good way. Regarding the mitzvot, they also are important to perform. It is during this stage of doing good deeds, even without the correct intentions, that we at least get the action right. As far as the recipient of our good deed is concerned, he benefits either way. The homeless man enjoys a hot cup of coffee, even if my motive in buying it for him was just to solve my own conscience. Now, the action is in place. It is only the intention that needs correction. Thus we see that the practice of Torah mitzvot not for their own sake, which is called Torah Shelolishma, is a stepping stone on the path to the ultimate stage of Torah mitzvot for its own sake. Indeed, the Holy Zah refers to Torah Shelolishma as the holy maidservant who serves her mistress. The mistress here being a metaphor for the Shekhinah. For it is the maidservant who represents the practice of Torah not for its own sake, who brings a person to the practice of Torah for its own sake, thus enabling him or her to merit the inspirational presence of the Shekhinah. When we start out on our spiritual journey, we all begin enmeshed in our wills to receive for ourselves alone. So we want to start giving, and we find that even our giving is tainted. But we need to know that so long as our purpose is ultimately to come to the practice of Torah for its own sake, then this is a good and worthy stage. It is a precious stage. It's a stage when we learn to trust God and have faith in Him. For it is when we struggle to do good and keep failing, when our own dirt keeps staring us in the face, that we finally turn to God in prayer from the depths of our heart, 
may omka deliba, and we ask him to help us. Because it is only when we truly see that we cannot do it on our own that our prayer becomes a cry, If you don't help me, what will be? If we were able to do our good deeds with our own resources, we would not feel that we need the Creator and we would never develop our faith in Him. This is why Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag writes that his father always said, For the smallest act that a person is able to do in spirituality, even though he can see it is not perfect, he should give much thanks for having had the opportunity. It is through these small, albeit imperfect acts, one after the other, that we will grow and ultimately come to the goal that we will be able to give completely freely and unconditionally, which is to practice Torah and Mitzvot Lishma in Dvekut with the Creator. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadita Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.